Welcome to the Lowdown. Today's show, we are running out of adjectives for Connor McDavid. I've settled on transcendent and still, that's just not enough. Let's work on that today. Oh, by the way, happy Valentine's Day. What we're going to ask you to do today is text us 1-833-401-1440, your favorite all-time romance Valentine's movie. I'm trying to decide between Harry Met Sally, Princess Bride, or Moonstruck. I'll let you know by the end of the show. But please text us. Let us. I know you guys love the romance movies, the rom-coms. You love them all. Let us know. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada, Apple and Spotify podcasts, Twitter at Low Tide, at Donovan Paulson, at Declan Kruger, and the lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for amazing deals days. Until February 16th, only 0% financing for up to 60 months on select remaining in-stock 2023 GMC Sierra half-tons, plus a $5,000 cash discount. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. All right. Holy... What a game last night. What a game last night. Oilers win 8-4. Wow. Offense... In the third period, lights out. That's like 1980s. That's like watching the 70-71 Bruins or the 82-83 or 86-87 Edmonton Oilers. It was it was amazing. And Detroit, who had played well until the end of the second period, were all hat and no cattle in the third. They had no, no response. Connor McDavid, 600 assists, got there quicker than anybody but Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Bobby Orr. You know it's a great record when those three guys are the only ones to do it quicker. Amazing. Whoa. And you know, we may look back on that game and say, you know what the biggest thing to come out of that, the biggest revelation, Dylan Holloway scored a goal. And it was not a like down the ice, you know, stick handle, swerve, do all those cool deeks. He went to the net and he was rewarded. And young players need that. They need that confidence to be built. Love it. Love that story. They were running around a little bit defensively. Patrick Kane took advantage of that. But for me, the PK is the worry for the Edmonton Oilers. They're they're bleeding the last three games. I think they've given up five or six goals on the PK. And if the fourth line is going to be the fourth line, it doesn't matter really what they do at five on five because they just don't play that much. But they have to be effective on the PK, and that includes Vincent DeHarnay. All right. All of that put down. We have Morgan Riley's appeal. We're going to talk CFL free agency. We have great guests today, as always. Uh, Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. Chris O'Leary from CFL.ca. But I would be remiss if I went any farther and did not mention, not just by name, but to introduce and say hello to my two fantastic work people type fellows in Declan Kruger. How are you, Declan? And Donovan Paulson. Boys, busy day. Now, one of you has a relationship, so this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And the other one, you just don't care. You can do whatever you want. You can, you know, go out and eat alone or, you know, watch a movie involving violence like Reservoir Dogs. It's not a big day for you in terms of what you're going to be doing. You, you're, world's your oyster. You can do anything you want. Yep. Uh, the couch is looking real nice right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's probably where I'm going to wind up spending most of my 
my evening. So, uh, yep. Declan, uh, I know you're going to have a little more of an eventful evening. Uh, what, what, have we, what have we got planned here? Presumably so. First of all, fantastic work like people from the heart. Thank you very much for that. Uh, appreciate <laughs> that greatly. Yeah, we're going to go out. We're going to get some Italian food tonight. There will nice. be some chocolate covered strawberries involved. Of course, some flowers, uh, some gifts. Nothing too crazy, but it's uh, it's going to be a good night celebrating no. love. I just, I just, I want to, if I just can backtrack a little bit and I don't want to embarrass you or put you on the spot or relive a moment that might be uncomfortable. But you're going to. Yeah. Okay. So you said, what did you say again about the gifts? You said, what did you say again? Just now? Yeah. There, said, there will be some gift giving. But, Nothing too crazy. Right. So you're the guy who bought a $700 pair of speak- sneakers for a girl. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just wondering, if, if, like when you say that, are you, are you... Are your feet firmly planted on the ground? I've learned from my mistakes. Things are a little bit different now. Okay. Um, it's not as much of a uh, materialistic relationship. You know she doesn't so, care what you buy her. Of it's course. just the thought that It comes counts. from the heart, yes. Right, okay. Yeah, so the, I, my, I, I'll be very honest in saying my budget has gone down a little bit in the gift okay. giving department. But if you, you make sure you think about it. Yes. Make sure it's, it's something. A, it's a lot she, more heartfelt. Right. She maybe mentioned like last year. They love it when you mention in June and then show up at Mother, or, uh, Valentine's Day. Mother's yes. Day. Days later. Won't get into that right now. Do you have a favorite romance romance movie? I do. I was waiting to get to get around to this. I actually I actually have three, but the one that sticks out. I have three out, too. Really? Okay, I'm very when happy. Harry met that. Sally, Moonstruck, and uh, Princess Bride. The first one that comes to mind is Casablanca. Very nice. One of my favorite movies yeah. ever, and obviously set the trope for a number of. And she's gorgeous, and he's just a guy. My goodness, it was she ever. Yeah. The second one, The Notebook, classic. Can't go wrong with I, that. I'm gonna, I think okay. you can go wrong with okay, that. Okay. Wow. All right. I'm a big fan of that First one. time I, I've watched it alone more than I'd like to admit, but that's okay. And then the third one, another classic, <laughs> Gone with the Wind. Oh, Gone with the Wind yeah. is very good. Very, right. very good. Long as ever. Yeah. My goodness, you need three days to watch it, but it's good yeah. when you do it. Yeah. Do you have one? I, <laughs> unbelievably. North Dallas 40 or something? Unbelievably, I do have some. Uh, well, I'll start with La La Land. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fantastic movie. Not, I'm not a huge musical guy, but I love that movie. Oh, I love musicals. Um, I'll say Crazy Stupid Love. That's oh, a, that's very good. That's, yep. a, that's a fun movie. It is. Um, and then if you want to consider uh, Jerry Maguire, I, oh, will, good I, will, choice. I will insert Jerry oh, Maguire you here. See, you got it's got a nice with the sports undertone. Movie. It's got a nice sports is undertone. It, is that the one where she says you had me at hello? Yes, yes. it okay, is. Okay, well, then that's a good so one. And show me the money. Show yeah. me the money. Uh, damn, you, damn fine choice, Donovan. Unbelievable yeah. movie. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s unbelievable See, in show that me movie. the money would not have been good if like, it had been a stripper, but in the movie, it was fine. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And showgirls honorable mention. Okay. Well, if we're going to do honorable mentions, I will do Leap Year, which is a very, very good movie, and Doc Holly, which doesn't sound like a great movie but it is michael j fox is in that one all right so i think we're done that's the show ladies and gentlemen okay uh i can't believe morgan riley's appealing this this is this is a no-brainer he got five he's gonna have five gary if he could give him 10 he probably would all this is you know what this is done this is done to appease toronto maple Leafs fans who feel wronged so you're gonna have to see another 500 videos of david perron or alex chase on Uh, look i agree with you the rules are ridiculous. This is such a wrong-headed thing because it depends on what team the guy plays for, whether it's Chicago or New Jersey or wherever Lou Amarillo is right now. I understand it. Canada, like your your talk, I am I am about ten miles, ten miles away from the office where the Edmonton Oilers would have received the phone call that said, "Hey, even though, even though." Even though the number was not reached, 
on a, the agreed upon deal, you're still going to have to send a pick to the Calgary Flames because we said so. Like, if you're talking about fair, the NHL doesn't care. It's the six degrees of Gary Bettman's Ouija board eight ball. That's the rules. All of that said, it's not going to change. And Morgan Riley appealing it, all it does is continue the, the facade. I'm enraged. CFL free agency went very well for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They Ooh. signed everybody. Everybody. I still don't think they're going to do anything, but they're going to do anything better this year. Do you think they can do you think they can make the playoffs and push? I do. First of all because obviously we know 66% of the teams in the league make the playoffs. I think they can be on the cusp there with a new coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the addition they brought in. Yes, I think they will be a playoff team. Can they win? I, everybody likes their coach. Yes, I like their coach as well. And sometimes a new coach comes in and bang, they win. Mm-hmm. Do you, can you name the years the Rough Riders won the Great Cup? Yes. What years? 66, 89, 2007, 2013. And do you know why they didn't win more often? Because of the 1960, was it, uh, 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 plane crash? Yes. Coming back from the, yes. uh, which is really tragic and, and people don't talk about, but it just... It derailed an entire team for a generation. Okay. Pitchers and catchers report either today or tomorrow. And it's usually my son's birthday, which is tomorrow. So happy birthday to my son if I forget. This is, <laughs> I'll consider this the official happy birthday. But uh, we, we've we had our friend Donovan in the last two weeks. He's taken on the clergy. He's taken on Swifties. Uh, and he was mad. What was he mad at yesterday again? I can't remember now. Who did you get mad at yesterday? Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. Right. Yeah. Right. So... Yeah. With pitchers and catchers reporting, uh, is there anybody that you, because I know you hate what they did in the offseason, is there any Jays player who maybe wasn't front and center, a big impact player a year ago that you think can really help this team and push for a postseason berth and maybe a series or two win? Um, well, first and foremost, I think um, the, uh, the, the Mr. Davis Schneider, I, I think he can. I think he can have a nice impact on this team. I how mean, old is he again? Uh, to be brutally honest, I don't know it's how like old 26 he is. Like twenty six or something. He's he's like twenty twenty six. He's he's older than Vladdy. I think he's twenty five or twenty six. Yeah. So I, the only reason I want to because sometimes a, a young player comes in and he emerges and his age does make a difference in the second year. Maybe they don't have that that you know they don't they don't have the impact that a, a you know a nineteen or twenty year old would because he is what he is. He may get more at bats, but he might not be more successful. Didn't mean to rain on your parade. Go ahead. No, no, I I think he'll be the. The maybe under the radar pick for this Toronto Blue Jays team. I mean, he looked really, really good in his uh, in his brief stint with the team last year. But there's not a lot of other players on this roster that that can maybe cut it if they're gonna have a big, big step up year. And, and I mean, the guy's nickname was Babe Schneider. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Hopefully he can continue. Well, he his, went on that role, right? Yeah, he he was he was absolutely on fire for his his from his call up really on. But I would like to see a bounce back from Alejandro Kirk. I think it's possible in there. I don't know how much power there's going to be from Alejandro Kirk because he hasn't really shown a lot of it. Yeah, I'd like to see Danny Jansen stay healthy because I think he's a good bat. Um, I'd like to see a bounce back from Dalton Varsho. I, I don't know how possible it is but i think he can do it i i would put it more likely than not that you can see a bit of a bounce back from dalton varsho because mm-hmm. uh, if not that's really one of the worst trades in baseball history let's be honest gabe moreno that guy looked like a stud for the d-backs 
Well, I mean, the, the, that's the problem with you trading. That's the Philip Broberg thing. Don't trade young guys until you know what you got. Uh, do you have any thoughts on baseball? Do you care? No, this is Donovan. Clearly, this is Donovan's area of expertise. No. There's nothing I could add that Donovan hasn't already said and hasn't already said well. I leave it to him. It's in his hands, and I trust him. Okay, I can't bring up college football because there's nothing going on. I know. Thank you for trying, though. I appreciate it. I brought you it up me. yesterday for you. You did. I, I put you it did. on a tee. And, and you like, know what? Funny, I wasn't even listening, really. I was, but well, I was reading something. But, so. you know, we're. I think we're far enough along in our relationship for me to recognize that and to know I can expect it again. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. all right. But I'm glad you're aware of it. That's the first step. <laughs> you know, the, the first step is to be, you know, to start to adjust to the expectations, right? Mm-hmm. We're already in the compromise portion of our relationship. Um Uh, my daughter works at BP's, bracing herself for the onslaught of uh, heart-shaped pizza orders tonight. It, it, you know, I remember, I remember they had that like in '82. They've been doing it for like decades. That that is a cool thing. There's no doubt about it. Trouble with the curve is also a good love story on different levels from Shovelhead. I mean, it's you know, if you love the curve, it's a great movie. Uh, Rocky is the best love story. Look, what he does to the turkey is obscene. He throws it out the window, and you can't win is not like I love you. What was that? Oh, just a sniffle. I got away so, from the mic, though. Do, do you know about him, Donovan? Do you know about him? I'd like to think I'm slowly picking up on him a little bit. He's yeah. like, he, every orifice makes a noise, and it all comes out on the radio. Sneezes. Just, just not exactly a consummate pro, eh? Snorts. Well, he is. You know, one thing I will say, though, that we're kind of missing, and I don't want to say anything because I love this arrangement, and I get to, you know, be, you know, asshat man, and I love that. But I miss the typing. <laughs> I'll see if I can get that going. Maybe I got to... Yeah, Donovan, just, like, open up a notepad yeah, and make I'll, it feel I'll, like I'll, home for low tech. I, I got you. He doesn't you. do well I with change. I got just, you. Just, yeah. just type away. Just type, hammer away at those things. And you got, I think you got to... How, how much pressure do you put down on the... It's about that. That's that, pretty good. That good okay. enough? All right. That, that good enough? Okay. 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 I, I've got you. I'll respond to some texts can't. Here. I can't believe I missed the typing, but I do. Uh, I think five games for Riley is fine, but what I don't understand is how Gallagher, who's a repeat offender, got off so lightly for his chicken wing from Sean. Here's the problem, Sean, is that they send out a video and they go, this is the way it is, and and it's it's like that's the end of it. And you can appeal, but I mean, unless you're playing for a particular team, you, you and you'll get two games sliced off. It's just kind of impossible. the The NHL has the player safety has lost all credibility, and so when Riley, ha- I said five games, it was five games. I was surprised he got a hearing because I think they could have given him five games without a hearing, but it doesn't change and. And it, it was it was a dumb play. I, Declan had eight games, and I was I didn't I I thought okay maybe I mean it's not like it's it's irrational. And I heard O Dog on TSN saying maybe he'll get a fine, and I'm like okay, because the NHL if if you see a hit like that and you go let I'm going to go find five things that look similar, and you do, and they range from yin to yang. That's where the NHL is, and they say well he didn't lead with his look, you know. Declan knows boxing. People can, they can watch the video and know what's going on. And 
I think the NHL's kind of lost the script here, and they're going to have to build back credibility, and it won't be with Mr. Peros. That's my feeling on the issue. Maybe I'm wrong. Looking for your all-time favorite rom-com at 833-401-1440 today. We've got two terrific guests. We're going to talk about all kinds of good things, including our friend Declan, who's going to be dunking on everybody. 140 today, right? 140. That's what, the plan. Any, any specific thing? You're going to be talking about Embiid and how it's the end of the world as we know it? Definitely be talking a little bit of a Joel Embiid. Yep, yeah. be mixing that in there. Big win last night for the Heat against the Bucks with no Jimmy Butler. That was huge. Oh, you and your and Jimmy Butler. My goodness, they didn't even need him last night. They killed the Bucks. Doc Rivers, was that the right hire? We're going to find out at 140. When you retire, are you just going to follow Jimmy Butler around? When I retire, yeah. I imagine he'll be long gone since then, but I'll definitely be keeping up with him in retirements and whatever uh, post-playing career activities he <laughs> what does. If he I paints, will, be, will you buy some of his paintings? Oh, my goodness. He, no. I will. He has a coffee line right now, Big Face Coffee, and I've bought some online. It's pretty good. It's very expensive, but it's pretty good. Only pretty good for very expensive? That sounds yeah, a lot like... I'm a coffee snob, so I, I know what I'm talking about a little oh bit boy. here. And as much as I what love Jimmy... What do you mean Jimmy, you're a coffee snob? I, I, I like a good you. cup of coffee. So if I bought you a coffee, like a, a can of coffee that was expensive, or yes. I was gifted one three years ago and I haven't used it yet, that would be valuable to you? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Okay. On and the thank way. you in advance. <laughs> on the way in hour number two, Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. Well, we will be dunking with Declan. Uh, Chris O'Leary uh, from CFL.ca will help us through the CFL free agency at 1240 today. Up next, though, it's NHL rumors, and there's a lot of them, a whack of them, some involving the Oilers. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Visit them at wolfgmcbuick.com. Now, is, that, is that Peter Gabriel or Billy Joel? Declan? That was Phil Collins, <laughs> I believe. Do you know what that song... Do you know why he wrote that song? It was about leaving Genesis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know way more than I let on when I first accidentally said that was Billy Joel about that song. And there's some lyrics in there. You know. Which it, connection I should cut? Yeah. That's about no, it. it, it it's it, like it, once you know that and you're listening to it, it makes way more sense. Yeah. You know. After my dad gave me the belt when I messed up the artist, I promised <laughs> I'd never forget it again. There's, there's, a, there's a musical. I don't know what. It, you, do you know music? I, I like, either of you? I like to think I know a little bit, but I'm not going to say I'm a musical expert by there's, any stretch. There's a, just a little bit of a like a keyboard like series of notes, like a, a do, do, do. Mm-hmm. and the, I love that stuff. There's, uh, Elvis Costello does it on Veronica too. Great song. McCurdy might know it, but there's it's just like a tagline, like a coda to the chorus, and it's really just brilliantly done. Mm. Okay, anyway, back to not knowing. So uh, NHL rumors. One of the problems I want to talk about with the Edmonton Oilers today, and I'm not joking, is I just don't know, and I don't think Ken Holland necessarily knows for sure what they need. Like, after last night, I would be willing to bring in a new third line who can penalty kill. Because, you know, people go, well, get a fourth line like Vegas, but you're not going to play them like Vegas does. It would turn into the third line here. So you're always going to have, because Edmonton is top-heavy, so is Vegas, but Vegas has some inexpensive guys at the bottom, and they, they sort of play a very physical style. The Oilers don't have that player in their operation right now. They could get one in the summer, but it'll take a while. 
I don't know where you go. Like, you can go get a, 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 I hate to say this because Gregor was all over it like a long time ago, but a guy like Nick Dowd who can win face-offs, help you penalty kill, he is a fourth-line guy, that might be the, that might be the thing. Trade deadline, the Oilers need to at least duplicate last year, fill the holes that were finally filled last year. Our team right now mirrors the Leafs, a good regular season team, no jam in the playoffs. Hope I'm wrong from Scott. I, I think that, that, like, you don't need an enforcer. Like, Ryan Reeves is not going to be a playoff murdiddly order, but Corey Perry could be because he's, you know, he had, he had the Red Wings mad as hell at him again last night, did a nice job of screening on. Whose goal did he scream? Was it Leon? Yeah. And he does a lot of good work that way. But I think they need penalty killing. And you can say, well, they need defense. But maybe I, I think Vincent DeHarnay, who's been a wonderful penalty killer, he's between uh, and betwixt right now. I, I suspect nothing will happen there. But right now, the Edmonton Oilers, for me, are a team that, that probably needs probably needs at least one penalty killer to be added, and it is likely a right-handed center who can win face-offs. And I have nothing against Eric Ryan or Matthias Janmark or any of those guys, but they are they are out of sorts. I've been told by the really smart people who do a lot of time digging on this that apparently personnel don't does not matter on the penalty kill. It's all about structure and aggression. But when... When Chris Knobloch got here, the penalty kill was concerned because Woodcroft didn't have the answers. All of a sudden, Knobloch solved everything, and that was in mid-November, and we are now in mid-February, and it's a problem again. So as much as I want to believe people when they say, you know, personnel doesn't matter, it's all structure, I think it does matter. I think you do need to be aggressive. I think you do need to win more three-softs, and I think you do need to have more speed. I don't know what it looks like. But I suspect that the Edmonton Oilers are looking in that direction. And they need a second-line right-winger, but who are you going to get? We've talked about this before, about Jordan Eberle and all of the things that are supposed to be you know, happening around right-wing. Is he better? Now, they benched Warren Fogle. They didn't bench him. They put him on the fourth line yesterday. So is that a representation of... What we're about to see, because if Fogel's on the fourth line, he's getting traded at the deadline. No doubt in my mind. But it was only for one period. I think there's a danger. I heard typing. I feel better now. Well done, sir. Finally feels like home. Hey? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, Phil Kessel in Vancouver. He'll be working out in Abbotsford this week. I'm a I'm a big fan of of uh, Phil Kessel. I'm glad he's, you know, matriculating towards the National Hockey League again. But I don't know what he has left. He's sort of like a lot of guys the Oilers have signed. Hey, were you, were you impressed enough with Adam Ernie? Like, was that a worthwhile signing in your opinion? I mean, like we knew what he was, right? We knew what he was. He did what he did. Maybe he didn't do it exactly to the standard we wanted or slash expected. But I think for all intents and purposes, you know what you were getting and you were fine with it. Yeah. And and he's gone down when they yeah. didn't need him. And Also and, to be expected. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I, I, I think most of it, like I am not a big fan, I'll be honest, of signing old guys instead of having Raphael Lavoie here. That's not, not, that's sort of not my, my jam. But... 
I, I, if we're honest about it, I think it's worked out pretty well. Corey Perry early, but it's worked out well. Um, Yan Mark, Derek Ryan. I think they've been okay. There's a rumor out there about the Devils going after Jacob Markstrom and Noah Hannafin. Have you heard about this one? Mm-hmm. That would be like if you're looking to kind of load up. Well, they need a goalie, and Hannafin would be great there. Chances are you could sign him, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what they'd be. I don't know how they have to give up, but I like. I actually like that deal for New Jersey. I, I, I've always thought Markstrom was good. Uh, Calgary a little bit. I don't know. They, they've been inconsistent while he's been there, but he's a good goaltender. Um. The orders, I, I, the guys that I would like the orders to get are, I just don't think they're going to be available. Like, um, I've mentioned Konechny before. I think it'd be a really good ad. Um, I like Mangiapane, but he's not coming here. Is there anybody out there that, like, second line winger, and I know you're going to go to Declare again, but is there anybody aside from Declare that you like out there? Um, I'm going to say Vladi Tarasenko, I think, would be the, the most obvious option out there that is most probable to me. Um, he, he's on the team that's really, really low down the, the NHL standings in the Ottawa Senators. So I think, I think Tarasenko will be moved at the deadline, and I think he'll be the, the most likely candidate. But um, Duclair could fit the bill. Uh, other other possible options. I, I really don't think New Jersey's selling, so I, I don't believe this Tyler Toffoli stuff. Mm. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to wind up selling either, so I, I don't think Jake Gensel's on the move. I don't think Seattle's going to sell Jordan Eberle, so I don't know about that one either. There's there's just a lot of teams that are right on the cusp of contention for a playoff spot, and until we're about three weeks out, I then I can give you a more concrete answer but until then, I'm just going to say Vladdy Tarasenko is the most likely impact forward available. Now, Declan. Yes. Let's go forward like six weeks and when you're hosting this show. Right. When you ask somebody <laughs> a question and they say, I can't tell you right now. What's, what would your you know what would your reaction be to that? I would say, hey, thank you so much for being honest and truthful with that response. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you not lying in the in the interest of moving the show forward. What are you guys forming a union here? Honesty is a phenomenal policy. I respect the hell out of it. Thank you, Declan. You're thank welcome. you. Okay, this didn't work the way I wanted it to, but I will I will regroup and I will come up with something even more vicious and salacious. Um, so you're saying Tarasenko and that's it. Do you want do you want some outrageous answers? No, I, what I want is I want you to say to me, look, this is a name that nobody's thought about and this is a name that I think could work and I think that uh, like uh, I've said Philip Tomasino, nobody's saying about him. Arthur Kaliev. They're 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 low-priced guys who maybe have some upside if you could get Tomasino. I'm not saying he'd work. But it would not cost the sun and the moon. There's not a problem with the cap. It's outside the box thinking. It's a it's a shift in thought process. It's creative. That's I, I'd like to know what's out there from your brain. Okay, you want to know some creative some creative answers here? Um, I'll say like a Pavel Bushnevich. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know on, again on the Blues selling or not, but Pavel no, but Bushnevich a would no. be a great fit, I think. Um, other off the board kind of answers. 
Um, maybe you could take a look at, at the Flyers. Maybe they move on from from a forward. I, I don't know about Morgan Frost. I, there's, I think he was out there a little bit at the start of the season with Tortorella benching him is a he, little bit. Is he doing okay? Uh, I think he's got nine goals now. Um, I don't I don't know how amazing he's been, but I feel like he could be a nice little depth piece maybe. Yeah. Um, other other guys out there, um, maybe take a, take a look at Buffalo. I know some people have said Alex Tuck, but I, I don't really see it. Um, I don't. I don't see them I moving be a him. Fan. I, I don't. You like that? No. I, I like Alex Tuck, but I I don't see them moving him either. Uh, I just know a lot of people are proposing that on on the Carriers show. Um, other options. I, I don't see. I don't know about Claude Giroux. He'd be he'd be a good he's fit to me. And he's not fast. Too, they, too I think expensive they need more though. Speed. Um, th- there's there's a lot of players out there that could be moved in a in a very interesting interesting pinch if something comes up like uh-huh. Boone Jenner could could move if they yeah. ma- if you make a strong enough offer because I don't really think anything's tied down in Columbus do you not right now although like it a lot depends on the GM if he's coming back then I think it would be do you have any creative names anybody that you love or are you just- all, all the ones have really been thrown out and we've talked about the Gensels the, the Toffoli's Travis Konecny I mean he tra- carries such a high cap hit they're not gonna trade him. no Andre Kuzmenko was another name that was tossed around a little bit but again he's got what he's got I think he's got under 20 points this season no. carrying the same hit as Konecny at 5.5 so I don't really see that I don't know if I like the more Donovan says in my ear Vladdy Tarasenko, the more I kind of start to like it and start to think about it. I don't know how realistic it is, but that's a name that I that I've started to mull over. He's one-dimensional, and he wouldn't, like, he's not, the you know, a guy that I, I thought about, but then I looked at his numbers, and he's really one-dimensional is Daniel Sprong. Yeah. But, but Tarasenko. He can score goals, oh, though. My, my goodness. God, he really is something else, isn't it? Yeah. But Tarasenko is a guy I think would be available, and Ottawa probably buys half of the contract, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Sure. They'd have to buy oh. half. Um, but Daniel Daniel Sprong, if you want a third line that's just purely for scoring, Daniel Sprong, there's there's really not a better fit. Right? But d- could he slide up to Leon's line because that's what you need? I just don't know if he's responsibly enough defensively. But to that's be Fogel's him. problem, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, Daniel Sprong and, is going to outpace Fogel offensively. Um, and what, he's two million. I think, yeah. I think he's yeah, two he's million. Not, he's not, not much. Much. very much. So, right. Daniel Sprong Would could you be trade nice Fogel for Sprong? No. No, I don't think no. I would either. I, I think Fogel gives you a little bit more than Daniel Sprong. He's physical and he's, yeah. he can I, skate really well. I think the physicality, the, the forecheck, I think Fogel brings more in that element to the game, especially especially if you're in a third line, like a depth role. I think Warren Fogel's a more valuable player than Daniel Sprong just from his, his intangibles. Um Daniel Sprong's really just score goals or bust, yeah, really, yeah. right? You know that they need they need Fernando Pisani, a guy who can score, can mentor the youth, mm. put him on a line with McLeod and Holloway, just like he Pisani did with Stoll and uh, Torres. But you know, Mister Pisani's you know retired. They need somebody like that. It's not easy to do. Battle of Alberta Watch Party hosted by Kevin Carius coming up from Sports 1440 at Century Sports Bar and Lounge, Century Casino on Fort Road on Saturday the 24th, game time at 8 o'clock. Be there from 5 to 7. You can enter to win two tickets for that night's game. They'll also pick up your sports bar tab. Outstanding. Uh, we'll then empty the draw barrel at 7 o'clock when Kevin Carius gets there. You can enter win prizes from Century Casino and Sports 1440. There'll also be game day food and beverage specials. I've been there during one of those events. It is a blast. Okay. A lot went down yesterday, 
and some of it, some of it involved the Edmonton Elks. So we're going to touch base on CFL free agency with a special focus on the Elks because they've done a lot, just not yesterday. And we'll talk to Chris O'Leary from CFL.ca about that on the way next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 for Wolf GMC Buick. Catch them at wolfgmcbuick.com. A little cool today. A little snow happening. We keep forgetting that it's still wintertime in the Great White North. We're hanging around until 2 o'clock today. Lots to talk about. And there's three of us to do it on the lowdown. Donovan Paulson behind the computer screen, behind the big board. It's a little warmer over there because of all the electronics. And then Declan edging ever closer to the host chair, moving just so close now. He can basically, he can taste the future. It's just around the corner. And we're just ahead of uh, Chris O'Leary from CFL.ca to talk about the Elks in free agency. If you missed it yesterday, you were on some other planet. Juan Leak signed. Uh, earlier, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, that was the big news uh, of the of the offseason so far anyway. And then... Um, going to get an update from Chris on AC Leonard as well. The big story, and I, like, I don't know how you can avoid this because it's just so damn obvious. The Saskatchewan Roughriders have had a hell of a run in free, and we knew they would because they have a new coach, obviously people coming over from Toronto, and they had stacks and stacks of money. But still, when you're watching it in real time, and let's say you're an Elks fan, you know, they've extended people, they've, you know, they've done lots of good work. And yet it's not, you know, it's not making news when everybody else is making news. And it's kind of a drag. Tomorrow from the Buckinghams. Joined now by Chris O'Leary from CFL.ca. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, happy to be on. It's been a long time. Okay, so uh, let's start here. You know, I was just talking about like Rough Ride is making a lot of news, but they had a lot of news to make because they had a lot of openings and holes. The Elks in a different situation with Chris Jones. They did a lot of work early, quarterback specifically, uh, but they did make one big addition, and it is a big one and an important one in free agency in day number one in Javon League. Yeah, I think um, Javon League is a, a huge pickup in any season, but um, I think especially for this Elks team that. Um, just had this kind of um, incredible <laughs> kind of futility in the uh, in the return department. Um, I mean, stretching back almost seven, eight years. I know they had the return touchdown last year that broke that streak, but um, you know, before that, I think uh, I think I was in attendance the last time that the Elks had had a, a return touchdown. It was Kendall Lawrence in I think 2015, and um, so I mean, it's a, a long-standing need to get kind of a dynamic returner, a proven entity. We, we all saw what Javon Week did last year. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of him in, in Toronto. I remember at the uh, the Touchdown Atlantic game uh, against Saskatchewan. And um, I think his first three or four returns, you could just see it. He was in a zone and he was he was going to get to the end. So you could just sense that he was going to break one off at, at some point. And he, he had a few games like that last year, you know, kind of paving the way to uh, that most outstanding special teams player award win. And um, yeah, just I think like you said, he's he's such a, a big pickup. I think an important addition to that team. And um, yeah, just and, 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 he, and if you want to stick on special teams, just I think adding Boris Beattie as well. Um, yeah. You know, just, I, I think two really strong additions to special teams, and not that, not that the kickers I think have been entirely lacking over the last few years, but they uh, they also go into the season strong in special teams, which I think is something that you, you can't really say or haven't been able to say for a long time. And I think it's. Uh, 
such an important part of the, the, the game, an important part of any successful team is just to have that game-changing ability on, on specials. And I think they've finally kind of, kind of got that in place, both in the kicking and the returns part. It's easy to overlook, but, but you know, if, if you're an Elks fan, you know there were times that you were, uh, you know, starting on your seven, uh, and there were other times that, that maybe you, you could have contained and, and weren't able to get the opposition runner. It is, it is a very specific part of the game, and it's not the big part of the game, but it's vitally important. And even if there's the threat of ripping off a long run, it does change coverage and, and you know, maybe the, the style the opposition plays against you. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, with, with Javon Leak, that's, that's what you get. I mean, you look at the – we were looking at the um, return – standings uh yesterday just as, as free agency was opening and and where edmonton was i believe they, they were dead last in in uh you know just basic an uh, average kick return and uh and the argos were at you know the, the the front of that category i think just the entire season so um i mean the schemes will be different and you know it's not going to be just a, a plug and play sort of situation for for javon week in edmonton but the opportunities there you know he has the ability and uh, no, you're right. I, th- I think it, it totally changes how teams look at you. And you know, you think back, and like I don't want to harp too much on that that dry spell with just the, the lack of return touchdowns. But um, it's such an important part of the game. And, it, and you know, I think every team, every good team, has that uh, moment or moments like that throughout their season where the, that returner makes a difference for you, and, and you know, maybe wins you a game. And even if it's not a touchdown, it's uh, it's it's just you know, it is it's a big run, or it's, it's just good position. It's just making the offense's job a little bit easier. And, um, yeah, it's uh, really you can't overstate how important of a pickup I think it was for for the Elks. Also important, I think that, you know, uh, he took a lot of heat when they signed McLeod Bethel-Thompson, did Coach Jones. But I've always believed that if you're going to coach the team, you have to coach it your way. you got to get your personnel. Everybody loves Trey Ford, but he's, you know, part of the team, growing with the team. They got a chance to get a 35-year-old guy who has been dominant in this league. uh, And I, I... for me, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go, go big and go with what you think can get you, you know, the farthest. Six four two twenty. I know he's thirty five, and I know we've talked about it. But when we're in free agency and we're talking about new additions, he really is the the marquee here in Edmonton. I think so, and um, I mean, I, I kind of struggled with the, the signing just in, in the sense that I really loved watching Trey Ford last year too, and I just I think he's such a dynamic kind of just electric player. Uh, there are very few others like him uh, to, to watch him, but he, he is still young. And, um, you know, so he, he gets to learn from a very experienced quarterback that's kind of seen everything, uh, not just through the CFL, but I mean, you look at McCall Bethel Thompson's career and it's just, um, I think, I think I wrote something like five or six years ago about this map just littered with thumbtacks in it, right? Whether it's the NFL, the USFL, um, maybe the arena league, if I'm remembering correctly, he, he's been everywhere. Uh, finally settled into the CFL and, and found success there and, and, and led the Argos to a great cup. So, I mean, there, he's just a, a huge resource for someone like Trey Ford. And, you know, and I think I look at just that duo, and, I mean, a quarterback duo I think is so important in the CFL. I mean, starters get injured every single season. Every team goes through it. Um, I, I mean, you could argue that the, the Elks have the best quarterback duo in the league right now. Yeah. And they complement each other very well, right? Like, yeah. Mac is um, – He's big, he's tough, he's got a huge arm. Uh, he's not the most mobile guy. He's not looking to run. And then you have the complete opposite, in a sense, in, in Trey Ford, right, who can, um, who can scramble and, you know, probably makes coaches hold their breath when he drops back 15, 20 yards looking for something and still can turn it into something, which I think is incredible. And, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe Winnipeg. Uh, I mean, you can make that argument that they have that, that strong QB duo now with Chris Strebler back there with, with Zach Coleros. But, 
No, I think I think Edmonton's in a, a really good spot at that quarterback position, and you know there, there might have been some um, bumps on the road and some learning curve for for Trey Ford had he gone into the season just sort of as that unquestioned starter. So I think long term this might be good for him. Uh, I'm I'm not sure uh, you know it's what he wanted. I'm sure he wanted to, to play more, but it's um, I think I think it's a, it's a really solid move, and um, I think I think Mac brings a lot of stability to that position. And then as a duo, I mean that's a that's a really tough matchup for uh, for every defense in the league. AC Leonard out there at all with anybody because he's a guy that I know a lot of people listening right now are interested in knowing his destination. I haven't seen or heard. Um, anything about a, a destination for him yet. Um, I know Chris Jones had said, I, I believe yesterday, that they'd still like to get him, um, even though it seemed like they've kind of um, had done the bulk of their free agency work. Um, but no, I, I, I think you're right. I think he's an impact player and uh, had a great season. Um, I mean, I, I really like watching him last year and just, you know, I thought he was such a good fit in uh, with, with the Elks, just even in terms of the trick plays that they ran for him, the, the receptions that he was able to catch this, the last year. Uh, I think he brings a lot, and um, yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, you look at you look at that, that D line position. And to me, that's still a question mark for that that Elks team, right? Uh, they, they lost Jake Thresna in trading for Curly Gittins Jr. Um, him and uh, him and Leonard led tied for the team lead in, in sacks last year, with, I think, with twelve each. Uh, it's, it's a big hole to fill, and um, you know, you, you know that Leonard fits there. So I, I'd like to see something work out. I don't I don't know how it's going to go, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think Leonard's got lots in the tank, and you know, I think he can. And provide that to uh, to somebody. I, I'm one of those people in the world. I, 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 I the quarterback is vital. We saw that just in the Super Bowl, and we see it every year in the CFL and the Grey Cup game. Uh, and you want both lines to be strong. But the Canadians in the CFL are vitally important. So when I look at the the acquisition of uh, Curly Gittens, uh, and I know that Serezna went the other way, but I yeah. think uh, we're talking about a guy who uh, has some upside and some growth opportunity. I like the move. I don't like the price tag, but I like the move. Uh, and he's, you know, this this is a guy's 26, got some football left in. And what did you think of that deal? Um. I mean, I, I, I know where you're coming from, too, because I, I like to stress a lot, and I think you need that um, that presence on the D-line, right? And, and now, to me, that's kind of the question mark going into the season, which kind of seems crazy to, to attach to a Chris Jones team, uh, just, just kind of historically knowing, knowing what he's about as a, as a coach and a GM. But um, I, I kind of I, I love what Curly Gittins brings, and you know, he, he's a guy that I've seen a lot in Toronto. He had a, a great year with McCall Bethel-Thompson in 2022. Um, and like you said, 26. To me, he's he's a player that, when healthy, uh, which he was not last year, um, when healthy, I think is someone that could be in the conversation for outstanding Canadian every single year. And um, you know, he, he's just kind of entering into his, his prime as an athlete. So I think he's, he's got a lot in front of him as long as he can stay healthy. And for now, he's got a quarterback that um, you know he he's had a lot of success with. And um, yeah, it's um, you know I, I think I think it helps. I and mean, you, know, you look at the receiver depth now that the the Elks have and um you know I think, I think Curly's a, a big part of that he adds flexibility to the to the roster as well just being a, a Canadian and um yeah it hurt, hurts to lose Ceresna but I, I think you get a lot there with Curly final one for you Chris O'Leary is this I know Saskatchewan did well in free agency some other teams as well I thought Montreal did interesting things mm-hmm. but I still think by retaining the people they retained that Winnipeg probably won free agency uh just because they could get all those guys back it's funny. I was talking with uh, one of our comms people in the, in the CFL office uh, just before we got on the phone about about that. And um, to 
me, this was um, Winnipeg's probably most challenging offseason in, in the last four or five years, right? And you look at what they did, right? They, and going into coming out of that great cup loss, I mean, there were so many question marks over the entire organization, and they had to resign Cal Walters. They, they got him, they got his staff back. Um, you know, the, he, I think he knew there would be losses. I think this is the most affected they're going to be in free agency this year compared to the out of the last four or five that they've they've kind of been this dominant presence in the league. But uh, no, you're right. I mean, to get uh, Brady Oliveira, to get Dalton Schoen back on their contract before free agency, um, you know, you, you lose uh, Jamarcus Hardrick. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's there's enough kind of internal development there. Uh, their scouting is strong. Can't forget that. I mean, they, they found Dalton Schoen. We didn't know who he was three years ago. Um I don't doubt that they'll still be a great team. And, uh, you know, given the challenges that were around them, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think they, they've done very well in free agency. I think even though they didn't announce anything yesterday, I think it's been uh, an, an excellent offseason for them. And I, I think they're, uh, they're still going to be a tough team in 2024. Chris O'Leary, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Good talking with you. All right. Chris O'Leary, CFL.ca. I go back a little ways with Mr. O'Leary. Very bright guy. I'm I'm semi mad at your Rough Riders. I want you to know that. I just I feel like I feel like they uh, they went too far. They didn't know their place. You know. Um. I feel like they didn't didn't know their place. Uh, you go into free agency and and um. You. You did too much. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you can ever do too much in free agency. You well, always... I think you can. Okay. If you're the Rough Riders. In, yeah. what, in what capacity? They just Get did too much. Yet? They improved too much. They got to, uh, yeah. don't like it. No, we're happy about that. You, you should are. be happy for me. The Rough Riders don't have it very good. We got a text in here on the on the text line. 100 years of a franchise, only four. Eight, okay. eight to nine team league, only four Grey Cups to show okay. for it. There's two reasons. You want to know the reasons for that? Well, I would love to hear them. The, the plane crash. That's a big one, yeah. And then the, the, the West used to have to play two games. Yes. Or two or three, one of the two. And so they would beat the hell out of each other. Then they go down East and lose. Yep. So the West is all, like, there's a lot of Argonauts championships from when the league yes. wasn't really, you know, structured properly. But when you look back and you look at that team that had Ron Lancaster and George Reed, two of the... Yeah. Pr- the Best players in CFL history, and to know they only have one great cup to show for Hugh Campbell on that team as well, phenomenal oh. receiver. That is a that is a striking indictment on what the Rough Riders franchise has done. I'll tell you why. Let me hear it. It'll hurt you. I don't. Do I want to hear that? No, but okay. I'll tell you. I lived through that era. I mean, I was I really small when they yeah. won the Grey Cup, but I lived through the seventies. Yeah. Well, do you remember the seventy-seven Grey Cup when the whole world knew it was going to Tony Gabriel? And no one covered Tony Gabriel and the Rough Riders lost to the other Rough Riders? Was that 76, right? Oh, 76? Okay, yeah. sorry. 77 was the staple game in the Olympic Stadium where the, oh, okay. the Eskimos okay. lost. Um, first down, every time they ran it to George Reed. And he got five yards of carry. Every time. They they didn't, they didn't weren't creative, man. I, I you They know, didn't have to be with George Reed in the backfield. I understand, but they, 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 you throw it once in a while, you'll get a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Maybe to your point, they did need to be need to be creative because, like I said, one great yeah. cup in that entire era to show for it. And Ronnie lost to a rookie in 72, Chuck Ely and Hamilton. You can't yeah. lose to a rookie when you're the veteran. Chuck anyway, Ely ended up being a great quarterback. Well, he though. was a great quarterback, no doubt about it, but you can't lose that game, and they lost in 72 and 76. All right, it's old news, and I don't care. Uh, on the way, Bruce McCurdy. <laughs> Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the end of the journal. We'll talk about Connor McDavid and more. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's time for an update.